Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of September 1. In the news, Artsakh's president, Aray Karutyuna, resigns as the catastrophic siege of Artsakh continues. Anne Hidalgo, the mayor of Paris, leads a convoy of French humanitarian aid to the Lachin Corridor, which is stopped by Azerbaijan. And today, three Armenian soldiers are killed, another two wounded, as Azerbaijan intensifies attacks on Armenia proper. And before we go into the details about each of these stories today in our Week in Review, Maria, they're all interconnected. Even, I would say, uh, former Mayor Yervan Zakharian's corruption case, that is the only thing that's not so closely related to the security situation in the country, is again, in some ways, related. So in in an attempt to make sense of the situation, here's a bigger wrap-up of of, uh, summary, of the new yeah. summary of the news before we go into the details. Well, Artsakh's president, as Maria said, Aray Karutunyan has resigned. He announced his decision to step down yesterday. Karutunyan also dismissed State Minister Urgen Nersisyan and replaced him with Samvel Shahramanian, who previously served as the Secretary of the Security Council of Artsakh. Right, and in this vein, again, a brief summary before we get into the details. Uh, you know, hold on to your uh, hats, as you will. On August 30th, the mayor of Paris, Anne Hidalgo, led a humanitarian convoy to the entrance of the Laching Corridor. The aid was sent by Paris and a number of French regions. The 10 trucks carrying the much-needed humanitarian aid are now stranded in Gornizor after Azerbaijan did not allow passage through the corridor. A day earlier, Baku tried to send its own humanitarian aid through the Ardam Stepanagerd Road. However, Armenian residents of Artsakh refused to accept it, and the aid remains on the road. And more on this a little bit later on in the program. Today, three Armenian servicemen were killed and another was wounded after Azerbaijani armed forces targeted the Armenian border positions in Sotk. Initially, the defense ministry had announced four dead. However, hours later, an updated report confirmed that the doctors were able to resuscitate one of the soldiers. Narek Borosyan has suffered a serious gunshot wound and continues to remain in an extremely serious condition. Doctors are still fighting for his life. Right, and as of recording, the, according to Armenia's defense ministry, the situation remains relatively stable, but we've been hearing this, and we relaunched Armenia Border Watch, our news watch. You could uh, check that out on our website, and it has a minute-by-minute, day-by-day sort of breakdown of the situation. And on August 28, three students from Artsakh, Nagorno-Karabakh, Alen Sarkisian, Vahov Sepian, and Levon Grigorian were abducted by Azerbaijani border guards at the illegally installed checkpoint on the Laching Corridor. The students were traveling to Yerevan with a Russian peacekeeping escort to continue their studies. Baku accused them of disrespecting Azerbaijan's flag and announced that they will be held in detention for 10 days, after which they will be deported from Azerbaijan. And back to the top, I guess, Maria, back to Aray Karutunyan's resignation. He announced that he would be resigning today, yesterday. He said that he made the decision two days earlier after recent discussions with political actors and the wider public in Artsakh. Following his announcement, Karutunyan also, as we said, dismissed State Minister Gurgan Ersisyan and replaced him with Samvel Ashahramanian, who was previously Secretary of Security Council. Well, Harutunyan said that his decision to resign was his own, which is an interesting framing, and it resulted from his analysis of the current situation in Artsakh, adding that he will continue to live in Artsakh with his family and support the Artsakh authorities. A strange announcement, right, Mm -hmm. given that the country is in a blockade. 
Well, uh, these events were preceded by the worsening of the situation in Artsakh uh, on August 28. An emergency parliament session was convened that lasted six hours. That same day, protests were held in Stepanakert over the abduction and detention of the three residents of Artsakh, the three boys, as they were passing through the Lachin corridor. A day after the emergency parliament session, Harutyunyan announced that he had been considering stepping down, stating that his possible resignation was discussed during that emergency session in parliament. And last week, during an interview, Ruben Vartanian, the former state minister of Artsakh, announced that Harutyunyan had been promising to resign, but he did not follow through on his promise, and he was quite harsh in his uh, statements during that Yeah, calling Harutyunyan a liar, Mm -hmm. saying no one believes you anymore when you say you resign, uh, you're going to resign, and well, you're not the president everyone was rooting you to become, basically. And uh, I think, Maria, this is when it all started snowballing mm-hmm. after that live. Well, according to the live, martial law has been instated, which is currently the case in the Republic of Nagorno-Karabakh. The new president will be elected by parliament no sooner than seven and no later than 10 days after the post has been vacated. Each parliamentary faction, and currently there are five factions in Artsakh's parliament, will be entitled to nominate a candidate. Until the election, the speaker of Artsakh's parliament, currently David Ishkhanian from the Armenian Revolutionary Federation will be acting president. On August 30, French humanitarian aid for Artsakh reached Gornizor near the entrance of the Lachin Corridor. As we said at the top, the mayor of Paris was personally leading the convoy, which consisted of 10 trucks. The aid was sent by Paris and a number of French regions. The convoy was not allowed to pass through the corridor, and it joined the stranded aid previously sent by Armenia and France. Arsakh's foreign ministry thanked the mayor of Paris, saying the initiative led by Anne Hidalgo and other elected officials holds the promise of uniting the international community in a strong solidarity for Arsakh. Well, during a press conference in Gorisunik, uh, Mayor Hidalgo called on French President Emmanuel Macron to use France's permanent membership in the UN Security Council to adopt a resolution to respect the rights of the people of Nagorno-Karabakh. What is happening today in Karabakh is like a genocide, she said. A day after the French humanitarian convoy reached Gornizor, the French ambassador to Azerbaijan, Anne Bouillon, was summoned to the Azerbaijani foreign ministry and presented with a note of protest regarding the humanitarian aid and about provocative statements made against Azerbaijan. Yeah, this, this is their framing of it. Um, Baku, quote, demanded France to put an end to actions that are directed against Azerbaijan's sovereignty and territorial integrity, protected by international law, endangered during the fragile normalization process promoted by the active efforts of international actors in the region. The fragile normalization process, you, you know, they have kept uh, Artsakh under blockade for 265 days now. And, and they're calling it and, the and this fragile. narrative repeats. And I was kind of going over the text five minutes before we started reading. And I'm like, yes, it must be French. France that's stopping the normalization process. Like who else could be at fault here. Well, earlier on August 28, in a meeting with the uh, French ambassadors at the Elysee Palace for an annual speech of his priorities for the country's foreign policy, French President Emmanuel Macron stated, I will have the opportunity to exchange views this week with Prime Minister Pashinyan and the President Ilham Aliyev. We will demand full respect for the humanitarian corridor of Lachin and we will once again take a diplomatic initiative in this direction on the international level to increase pressure. 
pressure. On the same day, Azerbaijan's foreign ministry responded to Macron's remarks, criticizing, quote, his biased views that undermine the peace process and create the wrong impression on the current situation in the region and unilaterally defending Armenia. The Azerbaijani foreign ministry spokesperson said that once again, uh, expression of opinion by the French president based on the allegations regarding the humanitarian situation in the region attests to the erroneous policy of this country. Yes, it's all France's fault. <laughs> well, he added expressions such as Lachian humanitarian corridor by the French president, as well as the coercive narrative is unacceptable and disrespectful for the territorial integrity and sovereignty of Azerbaijan. The next day, Armenian Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan spoke on the phone with the French president. The Prime Minister's office said that Pashinyan emphasized the deepening of the humanitarian crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh by the day and as a result of the illegal blockade of the Lachin Corridor and stressed the need to take steps to overcome and solve the situation. They emphasized the importance of consistent efforts to ensure stability and peace in the region. That same day, on August 29, after Pashinyan's phone call with Macron, Azerbaijani President Aliyev also spoke with the French president. He accused Armenia and Artsakh of creating obstacles to the opening of the Agdam Stepanagerd road. He also added that Armenians of Gharapagh are refusing to meet the Azerbaijani side in Baku and are making allegations regarding the humanitarian situation in Artsakh. Aliyev also stated that the Lachin Corridor will be unblocked only after the opening of the Agdam Stepanagerd Road in accordance with customs and border regime rules, which means basically that Lachin is not a corridor in their estimation. It's their territory. They're set up this illegal checkpoint as it is, and so on and so forth. It's funny how it was being equated with a corridor through Armenia, through Tunic in the beginning, and now they're creating a similar situation, road for road. Now mm-hmm. it's Lachin for Agdam, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, on August 29, the French Foreign Minister Kathleen Colonna made the following remarks on Artsakh. We are mobilizing ourselves to facilitate the emergence of conditions for a just and lasting peace between Armenia and Azerbaijan, enabling a demarcation of borders between the two countries and offering the population of nagorno about the possibility to live there, respecting their rights, culture, and history. The suffocation strategy aimed at provoking a mass exodus of Armenians from Nagorno-Karabakh is illegal, as established by ICJ. It is also immoral, she said. That same day, the spokesperson of Azerbaijan's foreign ministry, Aykhan Hajizada, responded to Kolona's remark. And I started saying it earlier, and then I stopped myself, but their responses are super, super quick to everything that anybody is saying. Uh, in support of and in opposition to the corridor blockade. Anyway, so they responded to Kelowna, stating that Baku is making efforts for the integration of the Gharapagh Armenians and urged France to refrain from making provocative statements. And uh, concluding this French involvement a block on August 31 elected officials and local authorities in France issued a joint declaration to the French president Emmanuel Macron to request France's support for the Armenians of Artsakh the declaration emphasized that the Azerbaijani blockade of Artsakh is genocidal and called on the president to take the initiative of a resolution at the United Nations Security Council demanding the immediate and unconditional opening of the Lachin corridor to facilitate the delivery of humanitarian aid and the free movement of goods and people. 
Well, on August 29, this is a day before the French convoy, Azerbaijan dispatched 40 tons of flour for Artsakh via this new Ardam Stepanagird road that they keep pushing. Azerbaijani media reported that representatives of the Azerbaijan Red Crescent Society set up tents on the Ardam road near the outpost of the Russian peacekeepers. Cheyhun Mirzaev, General Secretary of the Azerbaijani Red Crescent Society, said that discussions with the command of the Russian peacekeeping contingent are ongoing to create conditions for the delivery of the humanitarian cargo to Stepanagert. And meanwhile, Artsakh's presidential spokesperson, Lucine Avanesian, said that Azerbaijan's dispatch of humanitarian aid via Ardan was not agreed with Artsakh and is thus aimed at deepening the existing problems, not solving them. Well, in response to Baku's initiative of, you know, delivering this aid, hundreds of local residents blocked the Ardam Stepanagird road to prevent the possible entry of Azerbaijan's so-called humanitarian aid to Artsakh. Hamlet Abresian, head of the Askeran region, met with the Russian peacekeepers who assured him that they will not allow Azerbaijanis to proceed on that road. And a day later, on August 30th, Azerbaijani media reported that Russian peacekeepers had installed barbed wire and traffic spikes near their outpost on the Ardam road to prevent the entry of Azerbaijan's aid to Artsakh. It's not even the absurdity of the situation. A nation that's starving is blocking food. Even though, let's say, it's ridiculous what they're sending, it's uh, two truckloads of wheat that's not going to solve the situation while there's like more than 20 trucks waiting on the other side for more than a month now. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the six, at least the 16 of them. And these people are there hungry, yet mm-hmm. saying you are not entering. Because they kind of resolve uh, someone has to have. And like knowing that their children are hungry, their children are going to school today yeah. or going to try to go to school today. No, because it's like somebody coming in, uh, you know, killing your family, stabbing you, and then not allowing first responders to come in and help you and saying, no, no, I'll give you a little Band-Aid for the moment, but I'll continue to, you know, abuse you. It's it's unacceptable. It really is unacceptable. And I understand the people of Artsakh. I mean, I would be there too, probably, saying, you know, you can keep your several tons of wheat because, like you said, Rup, it's going to last, what, two days? Well, not, it's not well, even seven that, seven but just yeah. the resolve and the character of the people who, who ha- yeah. have been put in this situation, mm-hmm. suffocated, have the will to do this. And as if the whole absurdity was not enough, the sarcasm of this next tweet that I'm going to read out, this is from the Azerbaijani president's advisor, Hikmet Hajiev. He tweeted yesterday saying that rejecting wheat flour delivered by the Azerbaijani Red Crescent Society because of its origin of production, which he meant Azerbaijani, Johnny is racism pursued by the illegal puppet regime. Azerbaijan can no longer tolerate the gray uncontrolled zone on its soil. The illegal regime must be dissolved and disarmed. Right. I mean, the rhetoric is just incredible. And then today, you know, having to see what took place in Armenia. Anyway, let's move on. Yesterday, Hajiev also escorted um, <laughs> the diplomatic corps and an international group of journalists to the entrance of the Ardam Stepanagird Road to see the functionality code of the road and the two trucks of food consisting of flour delivered by the Red Crescent Society of Azerbaijan. And I can't remember who it was that tweeted and said that every time that Hikmet Hajiev appears in the vicinity, you know that Baku is like really annoyed at the situation. Back to the three boys and the whole situation at the uh, 
checkpoint, mm-hmm. illegal checkpoint on the Lachin corridor on August 28, Azerbaijani border guards abducted three students from Nagorno-Karabakh, Alan Sarkisian, Vahe Hovsepian, and Levon Grigorian at the illegally installed checkpoint in Lachin. All three students, they were aged 20 to 22, were traveling to Armenia to continue their studies. The transport was agreed upon in advance and was being carried out with a Russian peacekeeping escort. Who wasn't escorting them well enough, clearly, because uh, when we saw the pictures that were released of the boys, one of them had bruises, uh, on, uh, his bruises on his arm. Well, according to Baku, the boys will be held in detention for 10 days, after which they will be expelled from Azerbaijan. Now, this is also concerning because this means that they will not be allowed to return home. Because... Yeah. Yes, Azerbaijan continue, uh, yeah. considers Artsakh Azerbaijan. So. Well, Baku accused them of publicly disrespecting the flag of Azerbaijan. Following this incident, the Foreign Ministry of Armenia called out the Azerbaijani authorities for derailing peace efforts and warned that Baku seeks to perpetrate collective punishment against the entire population of Artsakh. You know, Maria, uh, there was that video of the boys who were like teenagers, young boys, uh, before a match, uh, walking over the Azerbaijani flag. Baku is desecrating <laughs> Armenian churches, right. cemeteries, mm-hmm. uh, and and the cultural heritage. Cultural her- heritage is like genocidal in its intent, and now they're offended. Well, anyway. Of they course, responded. as you were saying, <laughs> they responded. The Azerbaijan foreign ministry responded to the Armenian foreign ministry, saying the Armenian side is once again spreading false information about the situation in the region. Armenia is trying to cover up its committed crimes and accusing Azerbaijan of ethnic cleansing, which indicates the true intentions of this country, and by this country, they mean Armenia. Right. Well, the following day, Azerbaijan's human rights defender Sabina Alieva met with the three uh, young students in Baku. The ombudsman said that the detainees expressed their satisfaction with the conditions of detention, treatment, food, as well as medical and psychological assistance. During the visit, the arrested boys were given the opportunity to talk with uh, their family members by phone. I can't even imagine the parents and what they're feeling right now. Well, Arsakh's human rights defender Geram Stepanian announced that the young boys were abducted by Baku using force and coercion. After their abduction, a protest was held in Renaissance Square in Stepanakert where citizens demanded to meet Araik Harutsunyan, and this is also right. part of the, the tension around mm-hmm. uh, the regime in mm-hmm. Arsakh. And five other boys were interrogated That's for right. hours. So it's not just the three boys that were abducted. Five other boys, uh, we didn't know the fate of uh, what was going to happen to them mm-hmm. uh, when they were interrogating like for hours. Luckily, they were let go. Yeah, because, you know, we've reported in the last couple of weeks about Vakif Khachadurian, who was, you know, taken from the Lachin checkpoint. And now that every man, every male in Artsakh is a, a target for being abducted this way. Uh, well, Yerevan had applied to the European Court of Human Rights regarding the protection of the rights of the three kidnapped boys from the corridor uh, in Lachin with the request to apply an interim measure against Azerbaijan. And well, and then later the ECHR gave Azerbaijan until September 7 to provide information regarding the students who were kidnapped. Armenia's Office on International Legal Issues stated that Azerbaijan is obliged to inform the court about the whereabouts, conditions of detention, health condition, received medical care, and steps taken toward the return of these persons. But by September 7 is approximately the time where their 10-day detention should be up. Yes, I think it's September 8 that they should be returned to Armenia. Yeah, well, we'll obviously be following that. 
Well, following the kidnapping center, Bob Menendez, chair of the U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee, uh, tweeted, deeply troubled that Azerbaijan continues its outrageous behavior aimed at intimidating Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh, withholding humanitarian access, and undermining the critical work of the International Committee of the Red Cross. This is unacceptable, he wrote. Well, now returning to Armenia, today Azerbaijan attacked a number of border positions in uh, Sotk, uh, resulting in the death of Armenian service. Azerbaijan uh, stated that three of its soldiers were injured in a drone attack by Armenian armed forces. During the attacks today, Azerbaijani armed forces used UAVs and mortars, and later Armenia's defense ministry announced that Azerbaijan was concentrating military equipment and troops near the Armenian border at Sotk. Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs stated that today's attack on Armenia is Baku's attempt to distract the attention of the international community and avoid the fulfillment of its obligations. The ministry said that Armenia strongly condemns the aggressive behavior of Azerbaijan, which is being accompanied by the siege of the people of Nagorno-Karabakh through the blockade of the Lachin Corridor. The ministry added that Armenia reaffirms its position that all Azerbaijani armed forces must withdraw from the sovereign territory of Armenia. The statement read, We call on the international community to use existing mechanisms and reactive and clear steps to prevent the behavior of Azerbaijan in order to prevent further escalation of the situation. And this week, Baku accused the Artsakh Defense Army of carrying out fortification works near Karvajar, which was allegedly prevented by the Azerbaijani armed forces. Artsakh's Defense Army denied these accusations. Baku also claimed that Artsakh's Defense Army shelled Azerbaijani positions in Shushi, Fizuli, Khojalu, and Agdam, claiming that appropriate measures were taken to prevent these military actions. So this has been ongoing, uh, these uh, allegations of attacks and uh, fortification works. um, And and denials. Yeah. Well, today the president of the European Council, Charles Michel, made a statement saying that he has been working with Tovio Klar, the EU special representative for the South Caucasus, who has been actively involved in advancing the Armenia-Azerbaijan normalization process with a primary focus on addressing the humanitarian needs of the Karabakh Armenians. President Michel went on to say that he has been in frequent contact with Baku, Yerevan, and representatives of Artsakh to find a solution for unblocking access as the humanitarian situation in the region is deteriorating rapidly. The EU president proposed a step-by-step approach for the full operation of the Lachin Corridor and the opening of the Ardam route, emphasizing the importance of sequencing these steps and specifying the types of cargo each route would handle. Right, because the Azerbaijani side is saying, okay, you know, open the Ardam route, we'll open Lachin 24 hours later. Uh, And now the the EU seems to be uh, sort of parroting that uh, narrative, but anyway, Michel went on to say that the EU insists on unblocking the Lachin Corridor in accordance with past agreements and the ICJ, this is the International Court of Justice order, and considers using the Ardam Road as part of a viable solution for supplying urgent basic needs. When we talk about opening the Ardam uh, Road, all the, the things w- that we're not talking about or are not being discussed in this in this announcements mm-hmm. and statements or even concerns, so the Azerbaijanis come into Stepanakert, who is guaranteeing their safety, who says the safety of the Armenians? 
or even their safety. Right. There should be a, the Russian peacekeepers. The Russian Rubina. peacekeepers. They're going to go. Unlike or <laughs> the way they are. Or like so what are Armenians. the regulations and within what parameters uh, parameters mm-hmm. they should stay there or how is going to the interaction going to work? And uh, it's just like it's, such it's an explosive situation that they are condoning. Basically, it's an absolutely explosive situation, and no, there's no uh, basically structured approach to if okay, what are you proposing if EU is okay with opening the Ardam Road, so what would be the regulations there and uh, oversight over the situation? Who enters? How many people? How long can they stay? How? So I, I uh, with the lack of all of this information or even uh, public discussion about this, this is very, very difficult to, mm-hmm. to understand. Indeed. Michelle added that the EU's goal is to achieve irreversible normalization of relations between Baku and Yerevan for the benefit of all populations in the region, emphasizing the need for compromise solutions. The EU has been collaborating with other international actors in these efforts to address the unsustainable situation, you know, outside of over and above, you know, condemnations and calling for this, nobody's taking any action. And what's basically happening is that the people in Artsakh are slowly starving. And Maria, you are right. And today, uh, Artsakh Human Rights Ombudsman Geran Stepanian responded actually to Charles Michel's statement, going back to that statement, saying, you make efforts, they are visible but not tangible. The dire situation of 120,000 people, including 30,000 children, is not elevated by statements. People don't have daily bread. Diplomacy works slowly while people are facing starvation. So we haven't had this kind of response mm-hmm. from uh, Artsakh yet. Yeah. It's There's always been, a lot been of thank you for your support. <laughs> right. Well, yesterday the U.S. State Department issued a statement on the humanitarian situation in Artsakh. We are deeply concerned about deteriorating humanitarian conditions in Nagorno-Karabakh, resulting from the continued blockage of food, medicine, and other goods essential to a dignified existence. The United States has worked continuously with the sides over the past several weeks to allow humanitarian assistance to reach the population of Nagorno-Karabakh. The statement said, we reiterate our call to immediately reopen the lodging corridor to humanitarian, commercial, and passenger traffic. Further, officials from Baku and representatives from Stepanakert should convene without delay to agree on the means of transporting critical provisions to the men, women, and uh, children of Nagorno-Karabakh, including additional supply routes, and resume discussions on the outstanding issues. Basic humanitarian assistance should never be held hostage to political disagreements. Well, another problem in this situation is that the representatives of Artsakh... Right. Who are the representatives of Artsakh Artsakh at this point? And they would never travel to Baku. It should have been in a third country, in a neutral space... But well, with, with the Aray Kartunia's resignation, this this concept mm-hmm. of representatives of Artsakh is also kind of vague at this point. Exactly. Well, as expected, Azerbaijan's foreign ministry spokesperson responded to the U.S. State Department's uh, statement on Artsakh by saying that Azerbaijan acknowledges the U.S. State Department's statement on the region. It rejects, however, claims of a, quote, blockade given their proposals to address the needs of Armenian residents, like using the Lachin Road alongside the Agda road and allowing daily passage of Armenian residents in both directions. He went on to say that Azerbaijan has repeatedly invited Armenian residents for talks on reintegration, humanitarian cargo delivery, and meetings with special representatives. Uh, Armenia's refusal to engage highlights the political, uh, not humanitarian nature of the situation. Azerbaijan is committed to regional peace, security, and stability while respecting sovereignty, territorial integrity, and Armenia's residents' reintegration 
situation under their laws. Well, speaking of peace and security, on August 29, in a press briefing, Russia's foreign ministry spokesperson Maria Zakharova made remarks on the situation in Artsakh. She said the current situation uh, on the Lachin corridor is, quote, and this is a quote, a consequence of Armenia's recognition of Nagorno-Karabakh as part of Azerbaijan's territory in October 2022. Well, take it away, Rubina. We both get plenty of Zakharova to read this week, <laughs> Maria. Well, Zakharova went on to say that Russia considers placing responsibility in this context on the Russian peacekeeping contingent as inappropriate, incorrect, and unjustified. We see the task of the contingent as providing all possible assistance on the ground to ensuring the rights and security of the Karabakh Armenians in the new conditions that have emerged as a result of Yerevan's recognition and the recognition by the Armenian authorities of Nagorno-Karabakh belonging to so Azerbaijan. It's really interesting to know how the Russian peacekeepers actually um, provided all possible assistance on the ground to ensure the rights and security when they effectively allowed the blockade to happen, where they effectively allowed the Hakari Bridge checkpoint to be put into place, where they have effectively... Allowed, assisted in, <laughs> in that case. Well, on the same day, the Foreign Ministry of Russia made an announcement on its Telegram channel reminding that on, on that day in 1997, Moscow and Yerevan had signed a treaty of cooperation, friendship, and mutual assistance. The announcement also stated that Armenia is one of the closest allies of Russia, and its military ally in the South Caucasus, yet Russia then is placing the blame of the blockade squarely on Yerevan's shoulders. Well, the next day, this time is the Armenian foreign ministry responding. Armenian foreign ministry spokesperson Ani Badalian responded to her Russian counterpart, Maria Zakharova's remarks on Artsakh, saying it has caused bewilderment and disappointment. Badalian emphasized that Armenia's priorities are the rights and security of the people of Artsakh. She went on to say that Russia's response lacked consistency and support for Armenia. She added that the Armenia CSTO request also got no proper response. She went on to say that Azerbaijan's actions in the Lachin Corridor with Russian peacekeepers present violated the trilateral statement. This is of November 9 that ended the war, leading to a crisis. She highlighted that the Azerbaijani side is engaged in illegal actions, including abductions in the presence of the Russian peacekeepers. And the most ludicrous part of her statement is that Russia and the international community has recognized Nagorno-Karabakh as part of Azerbaijan's territorial integrity. And Pashinyan's announcement to say that we would consider recognizing uh, Artsakh as part of um, Azerbaijan's territorial integrity was meant, was was forced on him, I believe, on, on this government, on Armenia's government, by the West, to say, lower your standards, lower the benchmarks on the status issue and everything else, and we'll protect uh, Armenia. Well, you know, the Zakharova statement, you've recognized it. So now that Yerevan recognized it, it's Yerevan's fault that Azerbaijan has blockaded the Lachin corridor and is basically starving 120,000 people? Well, Maria, straight into what we're about to say next. Abdication of duty and the art of scapegoating. This is the latest article by Nerses Kopalian. We received it really late, late last, last night. night and we thought it was important to publish it as soon as possible. You can find it on our, it's still on our front page, but... Yeah, but well, because it... Uh, very clearly lines out how Russia has abdicated its responsibility. And then for them to put this, you know, the 1997 Treaty on Friendship and whatever on Telegram is really disingenuous, really, really disingenuous. But Well, to be honest, we didn't select the best parts from the Army and Foreign Ministry response. It was uh, very very tough. tough. So the response is also other than Nerses' article, Kopalian's article. You can just read it on our uh, Newswatch Artsakh. This 
one part remained in the yesterday's news watch, so that's the August's mm-hmm. uh, news watch. It's completely there. Zakharova's complete statement and Armia's uh, complete response. Well, yesterday at a press conference in Spain after the informal Foreign Affairs Council meeting, EU's High Representative uh, Joseph Borrell stated, Then we went to study other issues, the humanitarian crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh. We called on the Azeri authorities to guarantee the safety and freedom of movement along the Lachin Corridor. On August 27, Congressman Adam Schiff and Brad Sherman joined members of the Armenian community for a press briefing during a demonstration held outside the Azerbaijani consulate in Los Angeles the congressman called on the U.S. government to act and protect the 120,000 people of Artsakh. Well, on August 28, United States Senator Bill Cassidy accused Azerbaijan of committing a crime against humanity in Nagorno-Karabakh by weaponizing food. He tweeted, the humanitarian situation in Nagorno-Karabakh is growing more and more dire by the day. If Azerbaijan doesn't lift the blockade, people will starve. Weaponizing food constitutes an Article 7 violation of the Rome Statute, a crime against humanity. And more about the Rome Statute uh, a little bit later, later on. today. <laughs> Indeed. Well, this is a very strange piece of news. Rubina, I still can't understand it, but you know, here we go. On August 28, His Serene Highness Prince Michael of Liechtenstein, I can never say that, expressed readiness to lead a humanitarian airlift to besieged Artsakh and to be on board that flight to the region, bringing much needed food and medication arranged by the Aznavur Foundation. And we never heard anything about this again, or did you? No, I no. didn't. Well, I've been trying because I've been, I've been also trying curious to, about you know. it, right? understand but at least we know there's an initiative and maybe it needs just time to come to be well on august 28 and 29 armenian foreign minister arat mirzoyan participated in the annual blood strategic forum that took place in slovenia at a panel discussion on the sidelines of the forum mirzoyan expressed his deep concern about the dire situation in nagorno-karabakh due to the latching corridor blockade he stated that international organizations experts and institutions have condemned the blockade but despite two international court of justice orders there has been no change in the situation actually i listened to that part mm. of uh, that was being shared widely on armenian social media by saying that uh, there's no lack of institutions and there's no lack of condemnation and also it just goes to show that condemnations and statements don't carry any weight and there's need of additional mechanisms and they don't work and it was this, this like we collectively as nations created these mechanisms and they're not working are you okay with this right yeah. that, that that was his last question is like he was looking at are you okay with this yeah armenia's ministry of foreign affairs have been very very vocal on this and it's and it's because it's disheartening the international court of justice the highest court has binding resolutions that are not being followed through by azerbaijan and you know there's a saying in armenian rubina uh, right power speaks and everything else is you know just and you know another ink on paper that, yeah Another thing I remember from that Mirzoyan segment, he's like, he's not even saying on earth or he's like on the planet, mm-hmm. on the, the highest platforms on the planet. So it's kind of like making it a little pan-humanitarian sure. and also larger than anyway. Well, at the same uh, forum in Slovenia, uh, Canada's foreign minister, Melanie Jolie, and president of the European Council, Charles Michel, discussed, among other things, the conflict in Artsakh. Last month, uh, it became known that Canada intends to join the EU mission, the monitoring mission, the EUMA. Mr. Jolie stated that Ottawa is committed to a peaceful political solution to the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict and ensuring stability in the region. During his visit to Slovenia, Mirzoyan also met with the Council of Europe Human Rights Commissioner, Dunja Mijatovic, 
their sites discussed the humanitarian crisis in Artsakh due to the blockade, the harsh conditions and human rights violations of the population and the and urgency of overcoming the situation. And on August 3rd, Natalie Inwazo, uh, President of the European Parliament Subcommittee on Security and Defense, tweeted, In Nagorno-Karabakh, the humanitarian catastrophe is upon us. It is time to impose sanctions on Azerbaijan. And Loazo has been very, very active, demanding the implementation of tools that could perhaps... Um, stop this catastrophe from unfolding before us. And on August 30, Michael Roth, the chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee of the German Bundestag, tweeted, since mid-June, Azerbaijan has been blocking all humanitarian deliveries to Nagorno-Karabakh through the Lachin Corridor. A humanitarian catastrophe and an ethnic cleansing are looming. Azerbaijan is jeopardizing the fragile army in Azerbaijan peace process and the security of the South Caucasus. The EU and Germany must not remain silent on this. Azerbaijan must immediately lift the blockade. We need a fact-finding mission by the Council of Europe in Nagorno-Karabakh and the EU monitoring mission in Armenia should be strengthened and extended into Azerbaijani territory, he wrote. On August 29, the European Court of Human Rights rejected Armenia's request to apply a new temporary interim measure against Azerbaijan in the case of Vakif Khachadurian, who was abducted by Azerbaijani border guards on July 29 while he was being transferred by the International Committee of the Red Cross to Armenia to receive uh, medical treatment. In fact, he was scheduled to have surgery and he's still in detention in Baku. At the same time, the court noted in its decision that the decision to apply an interim measure applied on September 29, 2020 and extended on November 3, by virtue of which Azerbaijan undertakes to fulfill its convention obligations, remains in force. The European Court has also obliged Azerbaijan to inform about the general conditions of Bakif Khachatryan and the ongoing criminal proceedings. Armenia's representative on the international legal issues stated this. And yesterday, in his opening speech during a cabinet meeting, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan made several remarks on the situation in Artsakh. He said Azerbaijan continues its policy of subjecting the Armenians uh, of Artsakh to genocide through starvation in the presence of Russian peacekeepers. And back to the situation in Artsakh, we're talking about what everyone else has said. Well, due to the diminishing of wheat and flour resources from now on, each family in Artsakh will receive only one loaf of bread. The local authorities were tasked with overseeing this process, and we're seeing even larger numbers of people in queues. And this is what coming back, and now they're blocking wheat from entering the country, because <laughs> that's, how, that's how much integrity people have. They have. have. Well, you know, Marut Vanyan, who's a journalist, uh, sent me a couple of videos uh, of people lining up in front of these uh, bakeries and people were lying on the ground. They're just, it was just um, quite disturbing. On August 27, Armenia's defense ministry announced that two servicemen, Artyom Haigazian and Armen Khachadurian, suffered fatal gunshot wounds. It appears, according to the investigative committee, that it was a murder-suicide. One of the servicemen killed the other, after which he took his own life. And the day before, Armenia's defense ministry stated that another serviceman, Shavash Akinian, had died of electrocution. The investigative committee reported that a criminal investigation has been launched, and they're actually looking at the site of the incident to understand how that electrocution happened. And uh, today, the Armenian government sent the Rome Statutes to Parliament for ratification. It is not clear yet whether there is any clause or reservation in the statute regarding the arrest order for Russia's President Putin. This year in March, the Constitutional Court had ruled that the Rome Statute 
conforms to Armenia's constitution. A week before the ruling, the International Court at The Hague had ordered Putin's arrest, and we have an article about this by Sheila Pailan, mm-hmm. much much ado about, about Putin. Putin. Right, well, because the ratification uh, package is not available yet on the parliament website. We don't know ex- the exact things, but it's interesting that at this moment, Armenia's government has sent the Rome Statute to the National Assembly, and we'll be seeing what happens. Well, there's so much more to talk about the statute, not Putin's arrest necessarily as the first thing, but as everything is politicized and <laughs> uh, at this moment, with, that's the direction uh, the conversation is going generally. Yeah, and Reporters Without Borders has asked Azerbaijani authorities and Russian forces to reestablish press freedom in the Lachin Corridor. Uh, in Goris, an Azadutun radio uh, journalist was prevented from covering a humanitarian evacuation from Gharapakh by a Russian soldier. So this has become very problematic. The biggest issue, of course, is that you know independent journalists are not allowed to even go near Gharapakh, never mind the Lachin Corridor. And, you know, uh, there's Russian evacuations from Artsakh, mainly from what I understand, it's students who need to come to Armenia or other countries to study. But the numbers are not clear also. uh, We've heard different numbers. numbers, And we were trying to kind of inquire ourselves to understand what numbers and what's the frequency of similar situations. Speaking of the Russian peacekeepers, on August 30, General Mayor Kirill Kulakov was appointed commander of the Russian peacekeeping force in Artsakh. He was previously commander of the... Gazan Higher Tank Command School. Kulakov is replacing uh, General Alexander Lentsov, who was appointed on April 26. And Armenia's government has approved the proposal to sign an agreement between Armenia and the EU on the status of the European Union mission in Armenia. According to the government, taking into account the security risks created for Armenia and the significant risk of further aggravation of the situation on the eastern borders of the country, as we saw today, the Armenian side appealed to the European Union requesting to extend the period of validity of the monitoring mission. And a criminal investigation has been launched against former mayor. He was mayor of Yerevan between 2003 and 2009, Yerevan Zakharian. According to General Prosecutor's Office, Zakharian is accused of expropriation of the youth palace. This is the Yetasardakan Palat or the Karzats Gukuruz, uh, as people used to call it. The report states that without legal grounds, Zakharian made a decision to expropriate state-owned land and is now being charged with violating a number of of laws during his time as mayor and this was a landmark building in Yerevan. I remember when they demolished it and they demolished it citing that it was not stable enough. It stays empty and is now part of mayoral campaigns to rebuild it. Oh, and speaking of mayoral campaigns, your favorite topic, Rubina, today a number of parties that are vying to get into Yerevan City Hall canceled their campaign because of the attack on Armenia's territory. Today, as a reminder, we are now in the second week of the Yerevan City Municipal Election campaign. The election is set to take place on September 17. There are 14 political candidates uh, running and... um, that's the news we have, but I, I do want to say one thing before we go. We have been for the last, what, eight months, nine months now, doing daily updates uh, of the situation in nagorno karabakh Artsakh, on the Lachin Corridor. We also do updates when there is breaking news like today. So both of those updates are on the front page of our website. You can also go to News Watch on our website where you can see all of the timely things that are happening. Well, that's the kind of week we've had here in Armenia and Artsakh. Thank you for listening. We will be back again next week.